Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 849 of the Juicebox podcast. On this episode of the Juicebox podcast, I'll be speaking with Angela, who is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. The episode title has something to do with what you're going to hear at the very beginning and something to do with what you're going to hear at the very end, and then it'll all make sense afterwards. But Angela is just lovely, and we had a great conversation. I thought you might enjoy hearing it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan, nor becoming bold with insulin. Don't forget to take the T1D Exchange Survey. If you are a person living with type 1 diabetes and a U.S. resident, or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1, the T1D Exchange is incredibly interested in your answers to a few simple questions about diabetes t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Take the survey, support type one research right from your sofa. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is brought to you by cozy earth and cozy earth offers luxury bedding, bath and sleepwear that you will go crazy for. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% site-wide at CozyEarth.com. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Omnipod 5. Learn more about Omnipod at Omnipod.com forward slash JUICEBOX. So Angela, just, I just did hit record, so you know. Um, oh, okay. And uh, I don't feel well. So if I go I'm over, sorry. don't, 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 if, if I just disappear, just know that my wife's already aware that any loud thud should be investigated. So don't, okay. don't worry about me. Just if you hear dead silence for five minutes, go, oh, that's it. Scott's going on an ambulance ride. And oh. then <laughs> it's okay. We'll finish it later when he gets back. Um, okay. I don't want you to worry about it while it's happening. I, I can't, I can't exactly describe what may or may, what may or may not have happened to me. But I think the best I can put together was that last week I my lawnmower broke and I spent oh. a couple of hours lying on the lawn. And a day or so later, I had this like bump on my hand and I was like kind of pushed at it. And I was like, eh, I don't know what that is. That'll be OK. <laughs> you know, and then um, you, you, I mean, you're married, you know, boys. Yes. And, and so then I got another bump on a different finger and I was like, eh, it's probably all right. And then they started to get hard and then they started to itch. And I thought, oh, I probably got bit by something. Like, you know what I mean? That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't feel ill. Like there's nothing wrong with me. And, um, and then I start getting a few days later, some odd. Angela, you and I have known each other for two minutes now. It's okay if I tell you yes, this, right? This is okay. probably going to end yeah. up staying in the podcast. I just want That's you to know. That's fine. That would if, be great. If I embarrass myself with one person, everyone else might as well hear it anyway. Yes. So then I start getting some what I'm going to call odd itching in places you don't want to itch. <laughs> so, um, and it only happens if something touches my skin. So, like, I can go 10 hours I don't notice an itch. I'm not in pain. But if my clothing brushes me the wrong way and starts kind of like that response, and if I go to respond to it, it 
just doubles and multiplies and it's a thousand times worse. And I could literally just scratch a hole in my skin. But if I just stop, it goes away. And so it's it's just this this then starts going on for a couple of days. And you know how people say they spray Flonase on um yeah. like sites? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angela, I'm gonna I, I don't think I'm gonna bleep this out, but there was a moment in my life last week where I had to spray Flonase on my balls so that I wouldn't <laughs> Like go crazy, <laughs> and an antihistamine might help you better. Oh, but, I took yeah. those too, but I was in a panic situation. You understand? Like I had a, okay. I had a fistful of Zyrtec and uh, <laughs> what's the one that makes you loopy? Uh, um, Benadryl. Benadryl, and then I took that and stood there for three seconds, and I was like, "Well, my next option is to get a knife and castrate myself, or to figure out something else to do." And I thought, Don't do that. "Right, I'm not going to do that." Because Kelly's obviously going to leave me one day, and I'm not going to be a prize to another lady <laughs> if I can't sire a child, right? So That's I just funny. took the Flonase out, and I was like, I hope this is okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, helped a lot. <laughs> so um, There you go. Anyway, so after all that happened, Kelly says to me, let me see. So I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think I'd get her anywhere near my balls again. But here we go. And, I, and she took a look and she goes, uh, you got to go to urgent care, my friend. And I was like, uh, I'll be all right. And, it, and as quickly as it flared up, it went away. And so I was like, see, it's fine. I get up the next day. And then in the afternoon, at a time where only old people nap, I was like, <laughs> I got to go lay down for a minute. And I And I thought, well, this is it here because, you know. For me, I don't know how other people exist in the world. I don't get sick very often. And when I do, I take a nap. And when I wake up, I'm better. Like It's just constant in my life. So I was like, I laid down. I slept for like four hours. And I woke up. And I thought, I honestly popped up like, oh, well, that'll be done now. And I was still tired. I was like, oh, hell. So I woke up yesterday morning. And the bumps from my right hand, one of them appeared on my left hand. And I thought, okay. I guess I'm going to go to the doctor. <laughs> so Is it poison ivy? It's, I, uh, I go to urgent care. And uh, and now I have to tell, like, you're now the second woman that I don't know that I had to tell this story to. And so I'm, I'm in a little room explaining it to her. Also, power watching the last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi in case I'm about to die. I wanted to see the end of it. You know what I mean? Oh, so my I, kids love that show. Oh, my and your kids and me we watch the same things it makes sense and i'm um so i'm in the waiting waiting room there's an old man bleeding from his head that the, the, the <laughs> i don't even care i have my headphones on i'm down i'm watching obi-wan kenobi they put me back in the little room um, i shut the light off in there i'm watching it in there um almost got through it in the thing she comes in she looks at my hand and she says tell me the story i tell her a version of the story i just told you and i said look i'm so sorry to say this to you but um I've had itching in places I wish I didn't itch. And she's like, where? And I was like, can you just imagine? And she goes, no. And I'm like, <laughs> so now some, now, 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 Angela, now I'm completely honest, which I wasn't with you a minute ago. I just said my testicles and foreskin. And she goes, oh, that must be unpleasant. And I was like, yes, thank you. And she's looking at my hands and she goes, I don't know if you're, she goes, you're having a, a systemic reaction to something. And I went, yes, I figured that out with the internet, but I don't have a prescription pad. And she goes, oh, okay, you're going to be okay if I tell you you need steroids. And I said, yeah, tell me, please, like put them in my mouth. You, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so she writes me a script. I take, I go home, I take the three, I'm supposed to take three and three the first day. I take three and 
four hours later, the bumps on my hand completely subsided. Good. Really crazy, right? So I was like, see, this is nothing. I just needed a little help from a pharmacist. I'm good. I take the next ones, you know, before bed. And I wake up this morning and I'm like, I am woozy as hell. (laughs) So I feel like a bobblehead doll now. As long as I hold my head still, I'm okay. But if I start to move around too much, my head wants to keep going an extra couple of inches. Um, So anyway, that probably explains why I said testicles and foreskin already. And you haven't introduced yourself yet. But um, again, if I pass I work in in healthcare. I get all kinds of stories and pictures sent to me. do, Do you? Oh, that's yeah. sorry. People love to send me pictures of random things. Uh, we were leaving the the exam room and she goes, well, she goes, you were delightful. She called me delightful, which, you know, I just, after that, I was like, well, this is fine. I mean, as long as I've come off well, you know, and, um, and I, and she's like, thanks so much. And I said, thank you for not making me show you my balls, <laughs> taking it on faith. And she goes, no problem. And then we just kind of went our separate ways. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. Let's hope that this episode has nothing to do with your genitals so we can keep talking. Um, (laughs) Can you introduce yourself, please? Um, My name is Angela and I have a daughter who has type 1 diabetes. Ah, Angela, how old is your daughter? Eight. Eight. When was she diagnosed? Uh, She was five. Five? That was three years ago. So it's been about three. It was in January of 2019. Yes. Um, So it's been about Three, wait, two and oh, three and a half years. Then, what do you want to count together? Yeah, I was. It was. She was diagnosed the day after my son's second birthday. So, so you're making this difficult. Just use the calendar. January 2019 (laughs) to January 2020 is one year. Yes. Then to 2021 is two years. (laughs) Or 2020, yeah, two years. 2022 is three years. It's June. Three and a half. Right. Three and a half years. Yeah. You're like, the winter solstice was here and my son was born in <laughs> June. So that means. Well, it, it was at all blur, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what am I going to ask you? <laughs> well, this might be fun, huh, Angela? <laughs> no, it will be fun. <laughs> Scott is loaded on steroids and not feeling well doing a podcast. So, um. Any autoimmune in the family previous to her? You know, yes. Um, hypothyroid run. There's a couple people on my, I have hypothyroid, but I was negative for Hashimoto's. My husband's head of the family has a lot of hypothyroid. I think there's some thyroid cancer, but I don't know the specific kind. His okay. grandma didn't tell me. Um, but my husband has vitiligo. Um, uh-huh. so there's definitely some autoimmune wow. on that side. Yeah, you guys should have so. had this conversation when you were dating. <laughs> you know, there the things enough- you don't yeah. you don't talk about. I mean, my family's all cancer and heart disease, so I'm not a winner either. Um <laughs> <laughs> Angela's not a winner. Uh, yes. It's a close uh, um, close option for our first uh title of the day. So um <laughs> But there is autoimmune on our side and um, both sides of the family. But there was never, there was no type one. We have a lot of type two. Um, So she was the first type one. My Mm. uncle um, had type one, but he was my, my aunt's husband and he was more of a ladda. He was in his thirties when he was diagnosed. And so I knew of diabetes obviously for a long time. So Angela, did you just yawn? 
I did. I'm sorry. No, don't. If you do it two more times, I'm out. Just so you know, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm here on Will right now. I'm here because I, damn it, take this podcast very seriously. I easily could have sent I you did. an email, and I did not. So, yeah. um, dear sorry. Angela, do this later in the day, please, yes. <laughs> is what the email was going to say. But I'm like, oh, no, no. Um, so, okay. A lot. Uh, I mean, your husband's got vitiligo. You have hypo. That's not autoimmune you don't think daughter has type one hypothyroidism uh, she does have Hashimoto's too that was diagnosed uh, after the type one oh, but. look at lucky her okay <laughs> so do they give her something for it no she's being treated at first she wasn't her thyroid level was normal for about six months well yeah about six months after her antibodies came back positive and then they're like well we can check it in the future and just monitor it. But then I think about six months later, I was like, you know what? She's really tired. Check it. And it was high. So she started medicine yeah. after that. Um, I'm going to tell you something I definitely have, have not said yet. So you know how when you graduate from high school, you can buy like an ad in the yearbook. It helps support the school. And you put your kid's picture yes. in there. And you mention most people go, mommy and daddy are so proud of you. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we did one for Arden full page. It's a, a lovely photo of her from her graduation picture in the middle on the top so that you recognize that she, you know, is a human being. And then there are eight or nine photographs of Arden sleeping at on different hard surfaces in our house. That's pretty hilarious. Yes, yeah, like countertops or on the floor or in the fetal position, but up on her <laughs> knees with her head on the ground with a blanket over top of her, um, like passed out on a table with a winter jacket over her head. <laughs> And did she find it amusing? Well, she did. She got a good sense of humor. And it oh. said, um, it said something like, you know, I forget what we said, like, congratulations to our daughter Arden for graduating high school. Um, and then at the bottom, it says, if you see our little girl or something like that sleeping at college, please wake her up. And, <laughs> and it's just, and she is a wreck in these photographs. Like, there are, like, there's not one picture in there that you would want another human being to see. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> so we, what's, well, that fits your personality and her personality, so that's perfect. Oddly enough, it was Kelly's idea. Oh, really? She wouldn't have run with it. We ran with it when she said it out loud. She said it, and we were like, we're going to do that. And you know, then we just went into our photos and found that we had to – there were so many pictures. Because we take a picture of Arden every time she falls asleep. And then we text it to her so when she wakes up, she sees it and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, seriously, on hard countertops, kitchen tables, like under things – just anywhere like it's and Arden's fix for that has been it's a shame because we figured it out once and then she had a side effect that we we blamed on the wrong thing so oh I'm sorry no 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 no, no please it's it's been fun uh the, the, these last years have been a party um we realized she had to have a t3 as well as a t4 so, oh. uh, to supplement her when she did boom she was fine then she started losing weight oddly, and we thought it was the T3, but it was a birth control pill she was on. And we just didn't see the forest for the trees, took her off the T3, and then sometime later actually switched the birth control pill. So the weight loss stopped, and we never went and thought to ourselves, oh, I wonder if it was the T3. So then she went back into sleepy mode, and then we, um, we talked to Addie. Uh, Dr. Benito from from the thyroid episode, and Addie put her back on T three, and it, and it just lit her right back up again. It's a, it's amazing. 
actually. It works for pe- some people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really, really fascinating. Anyway, she's good now. She's not falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon anymore. Um, <laughs> now I am. <laughs> Angela, yes. Now it's me. <laughs> Do you think I'll turn into Spider-Man? I guess is the question we should be asking. You know, if you figure that out, my my son would be interested in knowing. So Five minutes before we got on, I was texting with uh, Isabel. Are you on the Facebook page? Yes. Isabel from the Facebook page. And um, and she's just wonderful and helps me manage the page. And I was telling her, like, you know, you're not going to get a lot out of me today because I think I'm I think I'm dying. And, you know, I, I explained briefly and she said, what, you know, hopefully you'll turn into Spider-Man and um, let me know if you can, like, shoot a web later. And I said, I really just want the abs. And she said, but you'll get the great suit, too. And I said, if I get abs, I'm not wearing a shirt for like a year. <laughs> Why would you? I just wouldn't. I'm going to walk around and be like those kids on Instagram do. I'm going to be like, hey, look. See? (laughs) All right. All right, Angel. So your kid's diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 2019, just after Christmas, which is a lovely gift for the new year. Mm -hmm. Um, What are those first days like? How did it present? What did you do? I've decided that today I'm going to read to you Things that have been sent to me about the Omnipod 5. Here's an adult who says that they were on a medication that would normally cause them to have to turn their basal up to 150%. But with Omnipod 5, nice stable line, she woke up in the morning with a blood sugar of 118. This is from a mom about her son. Nine-month post-diagnosis appointment, two months since starting the Omnipod 5, says they're blown away, legit was speechless, Diagnosed at an A1C of 11.5, was last checked six months ago, 6.2. They switched to Omnipod 5, went back to the doctor, weren't sure what to expect. A1C was 5.7. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. The Omnipod 5 is an algorithm-based automated insulin pump. Do you understand it talks to your Dexcom CGM, finds out what your blood sugar is, and based on your settings makes adjustments to your insulin. Now, these are just two random people, and obviously their results may very well be different than yours. But I mean, come on, check it out, right? Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Go learn more. Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless automated insulin delivery system that integrates with the Dexcom G6 CGM, and it uses smart adjust technology to automatically adjust your insulin every five minutes, helping to protect against highs and lows without multiple daily injections. And Omnipod 5 is FDA-approved for ages 2 and above. Because Omnipod 5 is a pharmacy benefit, you can get started today without the 4-year durable medical equipment contract that comes with most insulin pumps, even if you're currently in warranty right now with another system. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. That's where you'll learn more, get started, and be able to see the full safety and risk information, as well as clinical trial claims. All right, now we're going to talk about some seriously comfortable sheets that I'm sleeping on from Cozy Earth. I'm going to go right to the website, CozyEarth.com. You know, Cozy, C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H, CozyEarth.com. Here's what I'm met with. Lovely bedding, women's and men's sleep and loungewear, and look at these bath towels. My goodness. Now, I am at the moment sleeping on a set of sheets from Cozy Earth. Actually, they're bamboo sheets made of viscose bamboo, but I'm eyeing up these bath towels. Premium 
waffle bath. Do I want the waffle or the plush? Hmm. Waffles nice. Premium bath towels. They look nice, but I, oh, those would match the decor in my bathroom. Oh, look at that mat. Okay. Listen, you're going to get lost shopping at CozyEarth.com and, you know, that card's going to get pretty full. So how about this? Why don't I give you an offer code that will get 35% off of all of your items? Just use Juicebox at checkout at CozyEarth.com. And that way you can get towels and sheets and I don't even want to look at these. Um, I don't want to share too much here with you. I don't wear pajamas, but they also have like shirts and tops and pants, some nice loungewear. I have to look at this too. All right, CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code Juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your audio player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Omnipod, Cozy Earth, and all the sponsors. When you click on my links, you're supporting the show. Well, you know, I knew something was wrong probably two to three months before she wasn't acting herself. It, it wasn't the urination or thirst that I noticed first. It was just she was just tired. She was cranky. And that's not her at all. <laughs> and I even talked to her school. I'm like, is there something going on? And they're like, no. Um, and we thought she was going through a growth spurt because she was having leg cramps at night. Turned out it was blood sugar issues um and then she had chapped lips but it was winter and then she just wasn't acting herself i knew and then we went on vacation after christmas and it was in north carolina so it was cold Mm -hmm. i mean relatively she kept asking for water and i that's when i might was really concerned and she wet the bed twice and I said something to my husband. I'm like, I'm really concerned. And he's like, he's like, it's dry up here. And then, so that's our running joke because that's, <laughs> he, he kept saying, no, I'm thirsty too. And she probably went to bed because we're in a house that she's not familiar with. Because people pee themselves in unfamiliar houses constantly. <laughs> yeah, well, because she was five. So, you know, his, in his mind, she, was she just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So. I didn't think and I was still just was concerned. So then it was the new year. My son's birthday party at my mom's house was that Saturday. And my sister-in-law is a nurse too. And she's like, Catherine just doesn't seem like herself because she's usually like, she'll talk and she's just a bubbly girl. I'm like, no, I'm concerned. And the next day she was at begging me for water at bedtime. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, I think she has type one diabetes. Wow. And he's like, no. And she had an upcoming appointment with her pediatrician that Wednesday. Right. He's like, no. He's like, I'll take her tomorrow. I'm like, no, I'm concerned. He's like, would you? And I made her get on the scale. She lost four pounds. Wow. I'm like, no, I'm concerned. And he's like, would you be happy if I went to the, um, a CVS and got a glucometer. And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. So he went and got one and he took her blood sugar and it said, hi, then he cried. And then off to all children's, we went. Um, so that was fun. And then when we got to the hospital, like at first we thought that they didn't take us seriously. Cause we went in and I was like, we checked my daughter's blood sugar. It just said, hi. 
They're like, okay, have a seat. <laughs> like, okay. But then they came out with a cart because apparently it was in like DK alert. So they brought us back. They immediately checked her blood sugar, put an IV. And then they were like, hey, what they kept asking me, well, what made you check your blood sugar? I'm like, look, I'm a physician assistant. I've had experience in endo. Yeah. And then it just changed. And it was just like, oh, okay. And they were trying to ask me, like, has she been sick? Has she been on steroids? And I'm like, no. Like, at this point, I know what it is. And right. I know most parents at that point didn't know what it was. I knew. I mean, I knew before we went to the hospital. Yeah, sure. So, so then they, she was just so mad because it was late at night. It was like eight o'clock. So she's already tired. We have like a two-year-old sleeping on my husband and she's getting an IV. She was, she looked at my husband with the most evil look. Like, how dare you let these people put an IV in? Oh, oh but she wasn't in DKA, luckily. Mm -hmm. So they finally got orders from the endo to give her insulin. They kept her overnight. The, the, Endo came in and was very nice when she was like, okay, who has experience with Endo? And I'm like, me. And so she, I mean, her explanation to me obviously isn't what it would be to a parent that doesn't even know what type one diabetes is. Right. So she kind of told me what was going, I mean, what insulin and things they made sure my husband stopped crying. Could give oh, oh, well, yeah, give crying, <laughs> but, um, give the shots and the CDE came in, but I look back at that experience and like, I'm in healthcare. So I know more than most people. And I just think to myself, like a parent that didn't work in healthcare parent that didn't know what type one diabetes was to begin with, like mm. how overwhelming that, ex I mean, it was overwhelming for me yeah. and I kind of know stuff. <laughs> Right. No, I understand. So, I understand. So I couldn't imagine someone who doesn't know anything. Yeah. So, but on the flip side, it was kind of like, oh, you, you got this. I'm like, but me working an adult endocrinology 12 or 10 years. Ago. Yeah. Probably yeah. eight years at that yeah. is different than taking home a child with um, a five-year-old. Right. But so the nurse kept trying to make sure we got the right insulin at the pharmacy, which I appreciate because she wanted to make sure whatever insulin she sent was approved. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get discharged till eight o'clock that night and my kids are hungry. And I, what made me mad was they didn't even bother to check my daughter's blood sugar before we left and got to the car and it was low. But I did bring that up to the endocrinologist. Like they kind kind of have to check that before they well, leave the hospital. Angela, fair is fair. She's had diabetes for five hours now, and you have a meter, so you, you don't need any more help. You're good. Yeah, who, who knows? Um, but it was just overwhelming at first, just because I remember sitting in the hospital, and I was just like, "How am I going to give you the life you deserve?" Like. Mm -hmm. That was what was already running through my head. Like, I have to get you back in school right. because she loves school. And my thing was she could not leave a Friday and not ever see her friends again. Mm -hmm. So that was part of our next step, which luckily we did get her back in 
her preschool, but that was a battle. It was just like, you don't even realize all the things you have to advocate for until you do. Yeah. And, and I try to yeah. try to do it in a nice way. Well, that's good. That's, <laughs> I, I am a big believer in um, realizing, especially at a young age, that you're going to be with these people for a very long time and you don't need them looking at you like you're a crazy person. Even if you're not being crazy, they're going to think you are. You, you know, um, I can look back on the things I was saying when Arden was going into kindergarten and be like, oh, those those poor people must have been like what is wrong with him? Like plenty of kids have been here through here with diabetes. We know what we're doing. You know, they have that feeling and they really yeah, did. But you know, you know, it's, you have to, what I even said to my daughter the other day, cause she, cause she has some at her camp who knows her very well and they do excellent. She's like, but the kids in these class don't know about diabetes. And she's used to having the same kids who have known her forever. Mm-hmm. I was like, Catherine, but you are making a positive impact because now they know what diabetes is. So you have now made it to the next kid that they encountered that has diabetes easier on them. And I just feel like you have to have that mindset. Mistakes happen, but how you present it is different. I would hate to make somebody feel so bad about a mistake that they don't want to take another type one diabetic. Mm -hmm. And that's just my mindset. And I know not all parents are like that, but but mistakes, I make mistakes. So how could I expect other people not to make mistakes? That's just kind of how I am. I I think that in general, when you see people get like super upset because something went wrong, it's understandable. You know what I mean? Like it's a frightening thing. You're, you're picturing the worst outcome and you know, some people fly off the handle. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I, I got revved up at my daughter's school when she was, you know, in kindergarten. Um, but it wasn't like, I didn't go zero to a thousand. I tried really hard to get them to pay attention <laughs> and for them to take things seriously. And then one day something actually went wrong the way I told them it was going to. And I, I use that situation to kind of force them into doing the right thing. And, and you have to sometimes. Right. And I think times have changed from when your daughter was diagnosed. I don't, I mean, she didn't have a CGM when she was in kindergarten, did she? No, 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 nothing like that. So things, I mean, now the nurses, at least my daughter's nurse, who is fantastic, her biggest advocate, follows her Dexcom. Mm-hmm. Not to say all nurses do that. But right. I think the technology has definitely given them peace of mind too. So. Yeah, there, and there are definitely still put, there are people who don't want the responsibility, and they, and, and I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By responsibility, I mean liability, and so they say no. Um, they don't want to miss something, and you turn to them and go. And this is also reasonable. Hey, my kid had a seizure. You were supposed to be paying attention, and you know, like now my cell phone is is like. You know, if I'm not aware of it, you can yell at me legally. And like, I, I get why people stay out of it. I and get actually, people... I've heard nurses say that before because they didn't want. What if the person's home and their blood sugars at? Like, what? Where does your responsibility? You right. know, right? Yeah, and, and, and it only, and it's only I gonna take it. one wacko to go. You know, sure we were all asleep, but you have my kids follow on your phone, and you're a nurse, and you, you know, like yeah, it, I get it. I do and, get it. So. And I see people's posts sometimes, and their expectations of other people. I'm like, oh my, I just ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree. So, um, <laughs> so, so we get home, and mm-hmm. first of all, I. I uh, it's such a fun part of the story. It's not fun. Fun's the wrong word. I am on medication, by the way. Um, and so <laughs> it's such a 
it, it's a telling part of the story where your husband's the one like, there's no problem, there's no problem, there's no problem. I'll get a meter. And then he falls apart when he sees the number. Like you can see oh, him protecting yeah. himself even in the decision to say, oh, come on, it's fine. It's dry here. I'm thirsty too. Like, let's not find out our kid has diabetes. You, you know? know, he is the most protective, but in different ways. Like mm. if the kids bump themselves, he like his heart just like rips out of his. But like if there's stuff like that, he's just I don't know. It's just it's not that he ignores it. I oh, just think I he he's trying to protect his heart, I guess. But um but he's very protective in other parts that I'm like, they're okay. They'll live. <laughs> so, so we're different in that part. But um, I mean, he doesn't work in healthcare. So I, yeah, I, uh, I listen, I appreciate it. I really do. I understand how it goes. So, um, so she gets home. How do you set up care? Like you, you got her back to school really quickly, but how did no, you it took that? three weeks? So we didn't get her Dexcom for three weeks and how a life changer that was. Um, well, luckily, her school that she was at, her preschool, it wasn't hooked to a elementary school. She had been there for three years. And the owner, it, luckily, it, was, it wasn't a big company, so the owner had more say in it. But she was on vacation. And, of course, nobody wants to do things when she's on vacation. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait till she was back on vac- from vacation. And then it was just back and forth with their insurance company because then their insurance company was saying, things that didn't make sense out of concern. Um, So we did get her back at school and I went and trained the staff. Um, My husband and I went and explained and explained the diabetes. And luckily her two teachers were amazing. And the staff already knew Catherine for three years and and light bulbs went off at her school, her teachers too, because now things made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they're not equipped to give out medication. And I was like, look, I will come every day at lunch and give her her shot. So that's what I did. I made a deal with my job because I worked close by. Mm -hmm. I left. I set an alarm. I left, went, got her, gave her a shot. 20 kids watched her get a shot every day. And then, you know, then we, so we did that for eight months before she went to kindergarten. Okay. Well, I, why I went and gave her her shot, but it was the best. It worked. It right? was, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. And at that point, did I want to give that responsibility to anybody else? Like I remember her endo was like, well, they can't give it. And I'm like, no. And then, and she's like, well, there's always a way I'm like, I'll go at that point. She only trusted me and her dad to give her shots anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So wow, it worked inter- out. That's very interesting. Um, and I see people do it. And I think, it, you know, if you can accomplish it, like, I mean, you're lucky you work close enough by your job was nice yeah. about it. I It's a yeah. it's an easy, the easiest way to get through the first thing, because what are you going to do train, you know, in a pre- in a preschool situation, just for a couple of months to get you through, you know, I wouldn't want to give them that responsibility. Right. Would they do it? If they were legally able to, probably because mm-hmm. they liked my daughter enough, but I didn't want to give them that. Did that I, I didn't want them did to. It, did it work out? Were there any issues yeah. with it that way? No, they did have one. The one thing is, you know, my daughter relied too much on Dexcom to tell her how she feel. Okay. So, like, once they had a water day, and obviously the Dexcom is going to be intermittent at that point. And I had said, you know, Catherine, if you don't feel good, 
please tell the teachers mm-hmm. because the Dexcom's not working. But she, she was in so, and out of like a body of water, you're saying? So yeah, they had like a water day. Gotcha. So the Dexcom was kind of off to the side. You know, it's not going to work as well in water. So I picked her up and she's like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. And she was low. And I didn't blame the teachers. I did tell them the next day she was low. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no. But she also has to realize if she doesn't feel good, she needs to tell you guys. Because... She can't always rely on the Dexcom and she is still young, but if you don't feel good, say something, Mm -hmm. but she didn't say anything, Um, you know, but I mean, the kids, it's funny. Preschool kids were really awesome to her. Like they asked great questions and I love that age group, but they Mm -hmm. all like, they would see her get a shot. They would see her get her, check her blood sugar and they all asked like really appropriate. They asked better questions than adults. Like, okay. Like one kid would see me give the shot. And then I'd put the um, needle in the sharp spin. He's like, Oh, so is that, is that where you put the blood? I'm like, huh? He's like the blood that you're taking. He thought I was not giving her a shot. He thought I was drawing out blood, but I could see from a four or five year old's perspective, how he could see that. So it was just, it was nice talking to the kids because they were all very protective of her. They were very kind Mm -hmm. at that age group, but it worked out well. I mean, we had not issues and not things that the teachers did wrong, but like just Sometimes they would overcorrect the lows, which, as you know, that's common. Like they would see that de- they would treat her and then the next reading would go lower. So then they would get worried and treat give her, her more. Yeah. And I'm like, it takes some time, you know, but that's just stuff that you learn. It and happens. they were just scared. It also happens so. to everybody, honestly. Like It does. Yeah, no one's not it, been in that situation and been like, why don't we just eat a little more, please? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So once you get like two juice boxes, I'm like, oh, this is going to end out bad. But, you know, it's a it's it's a learn. And but did I yell at them? No, No, of course. It was just like if you're ever worried, just manually check her. Did you have the same success moving into first grade and I guess second grade? Oh, kindergarten. Oh, it was funny because it when we did. When we went for orientation at for signing up, because actually she was diagnosed the same week that we had to register her for kindergarten. And here we're worried about that. So we said something to the assistant principal and he was like, oh, it's OK. Brandy, the nurse is great and she has other diabetics and don't worry. But I couldn't talk to her beforehand. So it was like a week or two before school. I was in contact. So I had to drop off supplies and stuff. And she's great. And she's like, is it okay if I follow her on Dexcom? And I was like, absolutely. Um, The first, but then I felt bad because I didn't have, they didn't tell me who her kindergarten teacher was. So I, it was like two days before school, we got to meet the kindergarten teacher. And I felt so bad because I walk up to her and I was like, I just want to let you know. My daughter has type 1 diabetes. She has a Dexcom. I met the nurse. And here's a bag of snacks just in case she goes low. And just to look on her poor face because she never had anybody with diabetes before. Um, And if I would have known ahead of time who the teacher was, I could have prepared her more. But I didn't. But the first day of school, her nurse texts me and says, 
your daughters asked if I had ever done this before. And I was like, good, Catherine. She's she she knows to ask the right questions. But um, no, we've had a really good experience. I mean, good. her kindergarten teacher made an error once and it, it she felt bad, but it happens because she was doing some type of math project, but it was marshmallow. And the kids got to eat the marshmallows afterwards. She forgot to say something to the nurse. So suddenly we see her blood sugar goes super high mm. and the nurse goes down there. She's like, I'm so sorry. That happens. I'm, I'm not going to yell- teach the kids to count. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's like, all the other kids ate the marshmallows. She forgot to say something to the nurse. But we've had a really good experience. Um, and I think communication, and I'm not saying every nurse is great. Mm-hmm. But I think communication is key. I mean, when something happens, she takes it more personal than me. I'm like, it happens. We move on. Yeah. So. Well, I understand. It's cool. So how about your husband? How did he settle in with it? <laughs> Over communicate. The Dexcom took him a while to not overreact to every data point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Me, I hear people yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So. He used to like, I'm like, Ryan, sometimes you just kind of have to see where it lies. You can't overreact because if you treat, it could have just leveled out. So it took him a while to realize that. But he, I mean, now he's just like, I'm just going to let it watch, which two years ago he would have freaked out. When you say Um, overreact, he was overreacting with carbs? To lows, to lows. He just would freak out, you know, when you see that double down arrow sure. and I'm like, just watch it. But even if it was and double down in 250, he was in a panic. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it is it's like the pre-bolus. Like he's gotten better with pre-bolus, but he was always terrified of the pre-bolus and it her go low. I'm like, but we're in a house with things we can treat. Like it was just, you know, you people, right. I think people are always more afraid of the lows, which I understand sure. being afraid of the lows. Of course. Than the highs, you know, and just trying to teach him. But he, he, I mean, he does excellent. He's the warrior of the group. She was on camp trip two weeks ago and I was busy seeing patients. So I really wasn't following her Dexcom very much. Mm -hmm. And she went low. But she wasn't responding to his calls. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I, I could see Scott do this. So he drove an hour to where she was for camp. And then she answered the phone. And so he didn't tell her he was like outside. Yeah, he just turned and around and went back. No, because they were in the they were about to leave. Mm-hmm. So she said that she got on the bus and she looks over and was like, there's my dad. So <laughs> <laughs> but he just was worried. No, so. I understand. Well, you you listen, you start doing the math and you think there's an amount of time I have here. <laughs> if, if she doesn't answer the phone, then I didn't do anything. And it, it seems like a special situation to me. Like I, I, I respect what he did there. No, I yeah. did. And yeah. it was really nice that he did that. But it was just it was just it was very typical Ryan thing to do. Well, I, I'm just going to go to her. She doesn't. Answer her that's, phone, I think that's so. very nice. I, I know you probably have heard that story, but I was in the shower once when Arden wasn't answering while she was at school. And I like panic dried myself off, like put like whatever clothing I could find on, went outside, drove to the school, was going through the front door, like about to tell the person why I needed to be there. And Arden texted and she's like, I had a juice. And I looked at the woman through the window and I went, 
sorry to bother you. And I walked out right, right, right back. I actually told my husband that story yeah. and he was like, yeah, that would be me. Yeah, I, I, I probably looked a little crazy in that moment. That's why I got out of there. I was like, let me just leave. Maybe she'll forget this. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's funny that she saw him at a stoplight and was like, my dad was here. Yeah. And he yeah. <laughs> like she wasn't even surprised. Yeah. Well, that's not nice. like, well, that's good, though. She then she believes he's going to be there for her, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very cool. He's the protective um, one. Well, that's like, uh, what about your other child? Is there anything going on there? He assumes that he's going to get diabetes, which is sad because he was too. I mean, I check him periodically. We're trying. I've been on the fence about trial net. I'll probably do it. But he's kind of his temp, as you've talked about before, like temperament for different kids is different. Mm -hmm. His is different. He would not handle it as well. But his he only remembers his sister as having diabetes. So he always makes comments like, oh, when I get diabetes, can I have a Dexcom? Or he just assumes he's going to. Have, have which, you told him that that's, it's completely yeah. possible that it won't happen? Yeah, I do. I'm like, Owen, we hope that you don't. But if you do, it will be okay. But I check him periodically if I'm worried. Um, we'll probably do the trial net. It's just we we got the home kit once and it was a disaster because we didn't get enough blood. Right. So and then COVID <laughs> happened and then so then it was on hold. So okay. it was just I was on the fence because I'm like, it is a genetic, I'm I'm pro it, but I was like, he's already anxious about it. Does Part of me was like, is it fair to give him his genetic possibility if that's not something he wants to know? You know, so right. but I probably will do it. But. Well, yeah, I, it's it's a personal decision. That's for sure. Have you asked yeah. him if he'd want to know if he could find out? You know, he's just turned five. But he, yeah, I, I haven't I, I asked mean, it him. It seems too it's, early to me. But. Yeah, because it's kind of like it was hard to ask him that. But right. Especially I mean, if it was reverse. Catherine would be like, absolutely. Well, but, you know, different kids or temperament is different. Yeah, you'll, so. ha you'll handle it the right way. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, I just think it's, I don't know. I guess he's young. It makes sense. But it's sad that he's thinking he's going to definitely get sick. You know I mean? know. That's the, I mean, he only sees it as, and it was so weird that he, they pick up on things that they, that you wouldn't think. Like he was, we were at a park one day like a water, like just splash park. Mm -hmm. And he, he comes up to me later and he's like, I think you need to check my blood sugar. I didn't feel well. And then my heart sank like what? And it was fine. Yeah. But the fact that he's like, he, he put together him not feeling good with having to, diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess he sees and hears enough to mm -hmm. warrant that. But. How old was your husband when he got vitiligo? Do you know? You know what? He was in his thirties. It was um, too late for you to return him. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a stressful event. I don't remember. It was probably about four. He's thirty-eight now, so I'd probably be. I would say like thirty-two, thirty-three mm -hmm. on his hands, a little bit on his feet. Um, he went to derm. They're like it's autoimmune. Not much to do about it. But um, I think he has underlying hypothyroidism, but I'm not his doctor. And he's like, my doctor says I'm fine. I'm like, okay. How how so, long have you guys been married? Uh, 12 years. We've been together for almost seven, 
17. Okay. I was just wondering because. Um, so wait, his doctor says he's okay. What does that mean? Did they test? Did they test? For <laughs> well, it? I specifically asked them, him, to tell his doctor that he has a family history of autoimmune thyroid disease, and his daughter has Hashimoto's, and I know a little thing or two. And his TSH has been borderline on the high side, not enough that hey, you need medication, but to observe. And he, so he asked his doctor, can you check for Hashimoto's? And his doctor was like, we don't normally check for that. And I'm like, Oh, it's but a, he didn't press the issue. That you funny? know, it's a simple blood test. Like you're, I know you're going for other blood tests that you're at your well, like at your well, visit. it's like, just add, like check a box. I know. Yeah. But he also doesn't press the issue. He's like, they said no. And I'm like, okay. Mm, that's the wrong, <laughs> that's the wrong attitude, but I'm not him. So yeah. Yeah. Well, he did say, Do you want me to go to endocrinologist? I'm like, no. Well, but I his, look at his slaps. When you said his TSH was borderline, what was it? It was like in the three range, oh. which I kept it. I've I mean that it's on the higher side of normal. I would treat so that. It, I'm not a yeah. doctor, but I would I No, would, yeah. I would if he was diagnosed. And I would as a practitioner, but I'm not his doctor. Why don't you so. just slip him a couple of Synthroid for a week or two? <laughs> and when he starts I feeling could. better, go, hey, guess what? I know you can't legally do. You shouldn't give people drugs that they're not expecting. I'm teasing. Yeah. But um, I know. But he would he would definitely feel better in, in ways that he might not even be perceiving as a problem. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, is he especially he has he, he sleeps all. Yeah, he is. A, a, he's tired a lot. OK, but I, I said, he says I'm sorry. He says Angela? I like to diagnose him with things. Well, listen, so I, I apologize for talking over you. I I said snippy, not sleepy. Oh, snippy. Um, occasionally. Yeah, but not. and and sleepy. Yeah. Why would he not want? It's a stupid little pill. You just pop it in your mouth and you wake up. No, he wouldn't be opposed to taking it if someone told him other than his wife. Oh, I see. Couldn't you tell him while you weren't wearing a shirt? Doesn't that work better? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> how my wife got but. a hot tub. So, you know, like, <laughs> it's, she's like, she's like, should we get a hot tub? I said, no, expensive. Don't do that. I said it no for a long time. Then one day she just said it coming out of the bathroom. And I was like, it makes sense to me. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to get a hot tub, we should look into it. <laughs> and I'm, I've seen her boobs a lot. And I was still, I was still like, yeah, I think you're right. I think you should just, you know, break out of the shower, yeah. drying your hair and go, hey, don't you think we should maybe get your TSH tested again? He'll probably be like, yeah, I think so. Anyway. Luckily, it hasn't gone any higher. So I was like, I'll fight one battle at a time. I'm sorry that you feel like your life is one battle at a time. <laughs> no, but you know, you it's, it's yeah. funny as which I don't know you personally, but <laughs> sometimes guys will listen to somebody that's not their wife telling them things. So if he had somebody else say, hey, Ryan, I think you need to get this looked at. Okay. Mm-hmm. But. I hear Me. you. Why don't you write a note, stick it in his pocket when he goes to the doctor? <laughs> like if I you, should. Like you're sending a four-year-old for bread in the 50s. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Please do this. My wife said for you to read this note. <laughs> I, I don't want to. It's probably a reason he doesn't have me go to his appointments. So. Uh, I so. wasn't allowed to read it. She said it's not for me, but it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just slip it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. No, he's a good guy, though. Remember when you get sent, I, you're too young to recognize that people used to, my wife used to get sent for cigarettes. Like she had to walk across town with a pocket full of change to buy cigarettes for her parents. Like when she was, my mom kid. said that she used to do that with her parents mm. or her dad. 
I had to go to a cigarette machine in a diner down the like block from my house. My dad would be like, here's quarters, get me cigarettes. And I was like, all right. And I just went and got them. And then I would steal some of his quarters, play a video game. And then I would, I would, uh, I come back and I did across a major thoroughfare to make that happen. Just so you know, like I'm talking about like massive amounts of traffic going in two different directions so he could have cigarettes. And it was not like, but you lived a little bit. I, <laughs> you I did survive. I did survive one time. I, I look back on this story, Angela, all the time. And I wonder if it was my imagination, but my friends and I were crossing this, this busy road and you couldn't make it all the way across. So you kind of like traverse the first couple of, you know, lanes that were going in one direction, say to my right. And then you got into the center lane, which was the beginning of a turning lane. You just prayed nobody had to turn. You stopped there and waited for the traffic going left to clear so you could run the rest of the way. And I know modern parents are like, what is happening? But this was a, a fairly common thing in my life. So we all run across the first two lanes. And I stop a little late. And when I turn back, I felt like the truck went by and like hit my the tip of my nose. It felt like like I don't know if it really did or if it was just close enough that it felt like <laughs> it. But when I turned my head back and opened my eyes, there was a tractor trailer going past me and it felt like it was a half an inch from my face. It could have been three feet. I have no idea. Right. Um, but that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just almost got hit by a truck. And uh, still, uh, I told my parents that story, and I was still sent across the street to get cigarettes. That's what I was wondering. Did you go back and say I almost died for your cigarettes? And well, still did you hear said, me talking yeah. about my balls earlier? I, of course, told somebody the story because <laughs> I love talking about things. So I came right back. I was like, oh, my God, guess what almost happened? And it was back then. Like, they didn't go, oh, well, you're never crossing that road again. They were like, well, be more careful. Yeah. No one no one's your fault. No one said walk out of the way to the intersection where you could use a traffic light because that was inconvenient. So you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. It's the seventies and eighties. That's all. Yeah. Nobody cared. If I died, they had two more kids, they would have been like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like we was bought- that a sad truth. I was adopted too, so they were probably like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we already did a good thing. <laughs> yeah. We adopted him. Yeah, he's turning out them. to be kind of a pain in the ass anyway. So, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but That's anyway, funny. it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a different world. But all right, anyway, I, I'm sorry. I, if your husband ever listens to this, dude, get your TSH checked. If it's over two, take Synthroid. You'll feel better. That's it. It's very yeah. simple. He won't listen. But he wants your daughter to listen, I bet. Yeah. You know, she was the one that told me to come on. No, uh, to come on the podcast? Just- Mm-hmm. really how come yeah i don't know i was like when you had posted about people's story and, and i was she's like you should go i was like fine sure i don't know cool well uh, but, but but for no real reason other than just to tell her story i i don't know because i was like and she, i i guess i mean she she's pretty uh, she's a smart she's very intuitive and smart person and I think she thinks it helps other people. She's just that type of person. If it helps, mm. she's okay with it. Yeah, well, that's very nice of her for her, you know, her story to get told like that. And 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 for this, yeah. do you listen a lot to the show? I do. I drive a lot, so I put you podcast. I enter I, I, between driving and when driving, I either put music on or your podcast. Hmm. That's what I do. I like listening to people talk. When I'm driving, 
actually when I'm working around the house or in a lot of different situations, I've actually, as I get older, Angela, I notice I don't go to music as much anymore. I get, I actually recently I was putting on some like nineties music and my kids made me feel so old. They're like, was this, I forget what it was just like old. It was like TLC or something, but they made me feel like it was like, a hundred years ago. And uh-huh. I'm like, guys, no. Were you chasing is... waterfalls and the kids didn't dig it? I know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and what my son was obsessed with Gloria Stefan when he was, that was the only song that would make him stop crying. Oh. He loved Turn the Beat Around. He loved it. <laughs> I don't know like why. he would start crying. We'd put Turn the Beat Around and he would stop crying. When Cole was a so, baby, he wouldn't go to sleep. That he had to go to sleep a certain way. And um, when he was like first born, like the first nine, 10 months of his life, I had to go to where a computer was in my house and lay him across my legs, um, like yeah. stomach down and rub his back and play Blackbird over and over again by the Beatles. And he'd it's, go and he'd go to sleep. Colic is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like my son had colic and it was just like the witching hour mm-hmm. of just it was terrible mm, no i, I understand <laughs> like, oh, so glad we had a family um that's how i felt this morning when kelly's like can you take the dogs out and i was like i don't feel good and the dogs i know i heard that she did not try hard to get basil to go out last night before bed like i was upstairs woozy and i heard her do the uh basil do you want to go outside no okay and <laughs> i was like He's going to pee on something. That dog is unstable. So she asked the dog if he wanted to. Get yeah. I, I'm like, Kelly, you just like kind of like move him to the door and he goes outside and he pees and he comes back. And she's like, well, he didn't want to. I told her this morning. I was like, you know, the effort you saved last night cost me this morning. And and she's like, mm-hmm. And I realized what she meant was better you than me. It, that's exactly what it meant. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's just, it's it was well. That's your problem now. Yeah, you took a <laughs> you took a you problem, tried to make it a me problem, but I was <laughs> able exact- to take, I was able to take a me problem, make it a you problem. So you lose, and I was like, oh, great. Um, now the dog is the least of our concerns. It's our cat that like meows in the morning when he just wants people up just because. Mm-hmm. Our older dog now just barks at the door when he wants to go outside, which is great. Except he wants to go outside early in the morning sometimes. And even as you like yell to him, like, hey, man, I hear you. I'm on my way. He's so old. He can't hear you talking. And so when you get there and he makes eye contact with you, he's like, oh, you're here. <laughs> like, he really doesn't hear you coming anymore. It's it's crazy how lo- how old, how long he's living. Um, and he's he's old. He's gray and he's lost weight, but he just keeps eating and going and going. And so he looks happy and. You know, I'm happy for him. I just wish he could sleep till nine. He's like my mom, who's like, I was up at four today. I'm like, why? <laughs> and my dad was like that before he passed. He was up at like four thirty. Wait, like, like my dog or like my mom? How was your dad? Probably both. Oh, okay. But he would just wake up early, and it's like, but you're not doing anything. So then he'd fall asleep at like seven thirty at night yeah. because it was this vicious cycle of just you can't help you it. Know. How old was he when he passed? 62. I was going to say, you must have been young. You're in your 30s. How did he, he have lung? He had lung cancer. Oh, I'm so. sorry. That's, that's something. Right. How long did he have it for? Well, we assume a long time, but he was one of those big believers. If you don't go to the doctor, you, there's nothing. Wrong yeah, with yeah, I you. heard that story about your husband a minute ago. 
Yeah. So don't tell me I married. No, but we knew. And he even said, you know, he he knew that there was something wrong. But time that he finally went to the hospital from diagnosis to his death was like a month. Yeah. Um, So he had it for a long time. And it's just like if you just went to the doctor, you you probably could have, you know. Is your mom alive? Yeah, she's alive. She's how's she doing that he passed? Good. She, I mean, it comes in waves, mm. you know. I, I tell people that with grief all the time. So it, it's just weird being alone, you know. Yeah. But I mean, she does pretty well otherwise. But I mean, I, she's independent. She's still working, which I told her is good because otherwise you just sit and dwell. But right. right. Um, I make sure to tell Kelly a couple of times a year when she's mean. I go, "You're gonna regret this when I'm dead." <laughs> Because I want her to feel bad after I die. <laughs> Just really? a little bit no. once or twice. No? I don't know. No, I always tell my house, I was like, if I die, just get remarried he's like oh i'm not doing that again i'm like well a shining endorsement for you angela (laughs) yeah no but it's just like i'm like you're wrong he's like no no but you know you always think that you know especially when you have kids and stuff it's Mm -hmm. just like and then like when you have a kid with a chronic issue it's like who would i give them to something happened like yeah. you know not everybody can hit like the things that go through your mind differently did you pick someone when you uh kind of i I had to get it in writing but i mean my sister-in-law is a nurse she would probably do the best if Mm -hmm. you know i hear you we we had to pick somebody too you know it's a weird it's a weird decision to make where you're just like who would who would almost medically i was like is this a is this a decision you make like on medical or is it a decision you make on like support and emotion you know like who would be better and what aspect it it is a i mean Hopefully she knows that she's going to get my kids or something <laughs> It'll be between her and my mom. But mm. my mom's like, I'm older. So, yeah. you know, not long before but, she's going to start napping at, you know, in weird yeah. times today. Yeah. But I mean, I would say like, you know, oh, retrospectively, uh, once Catherine was diagnosed, it made sense to my sister-in-law at the birthday party the day before she was diagnosed. She's like, it makes sense now because she was trying to talk to my daughter. Catherine downed a Capri Sun, asked Megan, my her my sister-in-law, for another drink. And she's like, she just had a drink. She literally took the Capri Sun that my sister-in-law was drinking out of her hand and drank it. Mm. And now she's like, that makes sense. <laughs> because she's like, she would never do something like that. Right. But she was just that thirsty. But um, she was always like, she's always like looking up stuff for diabetes and stuff related to her. So she's a good support. Nice. I mean, that's great. We have been blessed in other ways that we are, we have been, have people that actually care. But I will say, I think it's a two way street. Cause when I did say something to her preschool teacher later, cause I would always see posts about people would be rejected from preschool after they were diagnosed. So I said something and I'm like, I just want to really thank you for allowing Catherine to come back because that would have not been okay. It would have been like another hit to being diagnosed. Yeah. And she said, and she was like, at that point, it was a parental decision. If it was a parent, a different parent, 
that was eccentric or neurotic or anything like that, I wouldn't have taken the risk. But you were very calm. You came in, you explained it to us and it made us comfortable. So that's why it's like you have to have that communication. And I don't know. I just I mean, I just feel like some people just like I make mistakes and I'm not saying justifying every mistake, but I think I don't want to make it to where someone feels so terrible that they never want another kid that has diabetes. I would hate that. And I don't, I, I, you're probably the same way. Like you would be like, it's okay. This is a learning experience. Right. That's what I always tell them, yeah. especially if they overtreat a low, just next time, do it this yeah. way. Please just try to That's- remember this. The next time, because there's going to be a next time, and I need you to there is there is yeah. going to be a next time. I mean, the one time that her nurse did it wasn't even the nurse's fault; it was actually my daughter's fault. Mm-hmm. She went into her office and started crying, and I called her. I'm like, first of all, that's not your fault. Second of all, Catherine's going to get in trouble, <laughs> and it happens, you know. And but she took it to heart because yeah. she cared. Well, know? that's it's nice, and it's nice too that they recognized. That it would have been a lot to pile on top of another thing and take the kid's school from her and everything else. But it sounds too like if you were the kind of if you were the kind of parent that they thought was going to be a problem, they might have said no. So and 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 I get it. Yeah, I understand too. <laughs> so, but no, really, it, you, th- you have to take the positive with the negative, and I'm we're all learning as we go. How so. are how are you guys making out with care? Do you mind talking about like? What your goals are, what A1Cs look like, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, she has been less than 6.1 or less for the last almost three years. Wow. Um, I took, she's on the Omnipod Eros. Her insurance won't cover any other one. I know that Omnipod 5 just came out, but mm-hmm. that's a battle I'll, with the insurance. The, I'll, I'll fight another day. <laughs> Okay. Stay with her. She has the Dexcom. Um, we actually do the untethered um, method. And it, I started that last year because we swim a lot because mm-hmm. we live in the South. We have a pool. We swim a lot. And it was around June. She had three pod failures in 24 hours. She just cried. And the last one, because she hates her Omnipod change. She's gotten a little bit better, but it would give her a, the tip give her anxiety she tries to guess when it's going to come based on the ticking which you know the ticks are different every uh, yeah i'm laughing because uh, arden still does that I, she she like she like cringes and everybody we have to pause everything because she has to hear the clicks mm-hmm. so we have to turn off the tv like it's a whole ordeal mm-hmm. so she had like a third it uh, i think one was actually a change then she had a pod failure. Then it was like eight o'clock at night. Her blood sugar went to 400. The pod was bad. I think we might have had a bad batch or something. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, it's eight o'clock at night. So I just gave her some of my long, long acting. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'll fight this t- <laughs> another day. I need to sleep, but I don't want her to go to DKA because she's excessively. So then my husband, which I did read a little bit about untethered before that. He's like, can't we just give her some um, um, some basil and then do the rest in the pump? And I was like, well, yes, we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I said something to my daughter the next day and I was like, look, 
We can give you some, a shot once a day. So you have some basil because her biggest thing is the pod. If something happens with the pod, it interrupts her day. She has to stop what she's doing. She has to get, you know, it's a big ordeal when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we, let's try it for one week. I give you some basil. We'll do the pod for everything else after a week. If you're okay with it, we'll continue. After a week, she's like, my anxiety is less. So we've done it for a year. I do lose some control with that because there's more variation. There's more adjustments being made. But she's on such little basil during the day that if something happens with her pod, I can just give her a shot to correct her. And then I could change her pod when it's convenient. Like she doesn't have, someone doesn't have to stop to go to school. You know, it gives her more peace of mind. Cool. And it's been a year and she likes it and she hasn't fought me on it. And I even, I mean, I'm a big proponent. I can't take the disease from her. I see adults that are burnt out and I use their stories to help me with Catherine. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I can't, I, I told her, I'm like, you don't have to be on a pump. If you want to, you, I'm negotiable with certain things. You have to take your insulin. I don't care if it's a pump. I don't care if it's pen. You have to, that's non-negotiable, right, but right. that is your choice. Um, it's a, with the Dexcom, she, she has a love hate relationship with it. Um, I do give her breaks. And because she was having really, it's funny that you mentioned earlier about the Flonase, that when she first had it, she had terrible reactions, terrible, like so it was terrible, but we finally have the Flonase and some skin barrier, but sometimes she just doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. And so we make an adjust, we make a deal. You can have your Dexcom off if you're home with me. And anytime I tell you to check your blood sugar, you don't give me guff about it. Mm-hmm. So before camp started, she was home for like a week and she was like, I can I have a Dexcom break? I was like, okay, but you know the deal. So she got to the third day and I was like, check your blood sugar. And she's like, ah, I'm like, so are you ready to put your um, Dexcom back on? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I have to give her that break. Yeah, there's sometimes. nothing wrong with her you- having that experience. No, because it's like, this is a long term thing. I mean, does it make more work for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's some things I'm willing to fight and there's some things I'm not. And it's just funny that the things that affect children are different. Like once I was asking a patient who was just burnt out and I was like, were you ever controlled? And, you know, and she was like, well, when my mom was in charge, I did good. Then I got to high school and I had to go to the nurse to get my insulin and um, check my blood sugar. And I just didn't want to go. So that's where it kind of diverged for her. Mm -hmm. So one day I asked my daughter, I was like, what at school? What about your diabetes? Don't you like? And her her thing was different then I would think so. She's like, I have to go to nurse Brandy before lunch and I have to walk to lunch by myself. That was her concern. So I talked to the nurse, the nurse goes to her now, but it was something that me and you wouldn't necessarily think think as an issue. Right. But as a child, it's a good idea to ask. 
you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's good to ask those questions. I put her, I had her see a psychologist when we were first diagnosed because mm-hmm. I was like, I think she's doing well, but I think to have an outsider talk to her would be good. So I brought her to one that specialized in chronic diseases Yeah, and She's like, she's very matter of fact, but I think it was a good idea that you brought her. No, Angela, I think that it's possible that all of us are not exactly the way we appear to other people. So, you know, when you're raising someone, you're going off of what you can tell about them and you think, oh, this seems okay. You know, you, like you said, a very simple thing. She would have just liked to have walked to lunch with her friends and you never would have known that had you not asked her. I have a couple of questions. Uh, yes. First one about the untethered. You said she doesn't get a lot of basil to begin with, but how much does she get? No, oh, oh, during the day. Most of hers is in the morning at night. So right now in her pump, she has most of it is actually in her pump. Oh, she okay. gets like 30% of it with her basil for her traceba. I had more at one point, but she requires so little during the day that she was dropping. Mm-hmm. So it's like 30% of it goes with the traceba and then... The rest of it is through the pump. Through the pump. 30% of what's what's her total basil? Oh, her total, let's see, three plus, I think right now it's 10. She just went through a major growth spurt and I had to increase everything. And then now I backed off on everything because she came out of the growth spurt. So during the growth spurt, she went to like almost 15. Like I increased her insulin needs by like 30%. Mm -hmm. It was terrible three months. (laughs) And then, and then, now she's on probably what she was before the growth spurt. So I think it's about 10 total. So Arden just announced that she's done using a birth control pill to try to help her with her, with her problem, with her period. She's like, we have to find another way to do this. I don't want to be on this birth control pill anymore. And we're like, okay, great. No problem. If that's what you want. And, and privately I'm like, Oh, she's going to, I hope she doesn't go back to these, these odd, periods which she very well could when we're trying to figure out other ways to deal with it but the other the, but the other part of it i thought oh thank god because her blood sugar is so much easier to deal with when she's not taking those pills and it was just terrible yeah 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 it's <laughs> it's so much more difficult uh, on the birth control for her than it is without it so i was like oh good so she's got like four like we're like we'll just finish the pack you know because that seems to be the thing you're supposed to do yeah and um and she's got like five left and i'm just counting down I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm so happy this is over. I don't know what's going to come of it, but this part of it was not pleasant. Um, okay, so she gets like 70% from her pump, about 30% from Shiva. Yeah. And then I have another question because I'm going to yes. forget to ask you. I can't nail your accent down. I don't need you to tell me what street you live on, but where in the country are you? Florida. Okay. Are you from there? Yeah. Okay. I kind of. I know. Like- we're, 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 Florida is weird because most people are not from Florida. Right. Yeah, that's what that's why I wouldn't guess cuz I I I agree with you. I think a lot of people don't live there initially, but you I kind of thought that and I just but I couldn't maybe people who know the accent are probably like, "Oh, you couldn't tell, dummy." But I really yeah. I was I was having trouble figuring it out. <laughs> and it depends on where you are in Florida. Northern mm-hmm. Florida is more south. <laughs> right. South South Florida is different and then there's the center. So Depends where you're from. Gotcha. Uh, do you have like one of those Florida man stories? Do you have one that you know personally? 
No, well, Florida man stories. Well, it's just unusual things happen in Florida in general. No, not personally, but we see it's always every time we read a story and it's like, damn it. Sorry, it had to be Florida. <laughs> like, that's always like, I'm like, for, my husband's always like, of course it is. But yeah, it's just unusual things. And I think a lot of people come here from around the world too. So a lot of times I'm like, they're not even Floridian. They're just making us look bad. <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's no, there is a lot of Floridian stories. It's just it's a it's an interesting place to live. Um, I did. We did live in Illinois for two years and I do not recommend going there in the middle of winter when you're from Florida. Just (laughs) so I just Googled Florida man and nothing else. I have. Mm -hmm. This is terrible. Florida man cut wife's throat, played her favorite music as she passed. Um, driving while kidnapped, Florida man drives erratically to attract police. Kidnapped Florida <laughs> man drove erratically. Uh, what's the next one here? Oh, Florida man who won $2 million lottery credits his pregnant sausage dog. That's interesting. <laughs> Florida man attacked by alligator while playing catch near pond. That is common. The alligator thing. I think it wasn't me personally, but around our area, I think a year ago, this poor la- older lady an alligator, because she lived on a pond, came through her sliding glass door and she felt trapped. Like she didn't know what to do. And she's like, and he ate our good wine. I guess he got her wine bottle. Uh- <laughs> well, here, this is to give context. Apparently, the guy that killed his wife did it because she burned his passport. That's a that's an overreach on murdering her. Uh, uh Florida man arrested for allegedly distributing over $230 million of unadulterated HIV medication. That's nice. Um, Florida man accused of stealing from a Hudson Valley, New York nonprofit. Now, the funny thing is, is that if you change this to like, I don't know, let's just pick a like Connecticut. Will the same thing happen? If I say Connecticut man, ready? (laughs) Let's try. Oh. Mm, not the same. Not <laughs> but, the same. But, no, it's. But yes, yeah, still, um, there's still stuff there. But I know that's become a joke over the years. Like you know. No, it is. Yeah. It's. It, but people like to visit. <laughs> Listen, it's warm. What are you gonna do? You got an ocean there. It's hot though. It's it's hot. It's not. The, it's okay. It's not the right kind of warm. No, I mean summer. It's bad. Actually, August is the worst here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in winter. We're like, hey, it's Christmas and we're swimming. Yeah, so, I, I tell you, I always think that the 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 actual indication of success is being able to live in a warm climate in the cold months and a cold climate in the warm months. So I I, I, I have very small goals in life, but that's one of them. That's a good goal. Yeah, I just I uh, you know when you, you you don't know, but you walk outside in that cold and you're just like it did. We lived in Illinois for two years. I. I got depressed. Terrible. You're just like, why is it so cold? Well, because well, it was funny because when we moved up there, because my husband got a job up there. And I, when I started my new job, they're like, and where are you from? And I'm like, Florida. And they're like, why did you move here? Because all the people had just came back from Florida. <laughs> I'm like, my it's a hard start when people are like, you're going to hate this. Like, oh, well, great. it was like negative 35. Like we moved yeah. in November and it was like negative 35. And I'm like, and I had a Catherine was three months old mm-hmm. and like you're stuck inside in it, it for months. And I remember it was April and it started snowing. And I'm like, why is this OK? <laughs> like, I know I saw like my brother and Jenny live in Wisconsin 
And sometimes you're like, how is it there? And they'll say things like, oh, it's not bad. It's like minus 10. You're, and you're like, what do you mean not bad? Like, why are you there? Leave. <laughs> Pack your things up and go somewhere else. But There's other places yeah. you can be. Yeah, there's houses other places. Go get one of those. <laughs> Jesus, it's minus 10. Uh, it's getting too it cold. It hurts your Jersey. bone. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> All right, Angela. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that we should have? No, I think, I mean. We just had a I nice conversation. everybody's. Everybody, I think everybody's story is different. Right. And I think everybody's unique circumstances is different. And as you know, you've talked to enough people and like every one of my patients is different. Every one of their stories is different. Every one of their just abilities to manage is different. And I think I just, I like that you promote kindness and you're very good online shutting down people that are negative so interesting you brought this up angela i'm gonna get your opinion okay mm-hmm. so while we're recording today i get this i just have windows open like my desk has a couple of monitors on it. i have windows open yeah. one's the facebook group and everything and this thing pops up in front of me and this person uh doesn't i'm gonna give you the whole story okay and then you tell me what what i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you about what i should do so a couple of days ago Listen, I don't think it's any um, any any uh, great surprise to people. There's a lot of content in the world, and you have mm-hmm. to when you're making it. You have to tell people like, "Here it is," you know, like so they they remember even when they're subscribed and stuff like that. So I go on the Facebook group, and I actually was genuinely asking this question. I had a, a episode with a girl in her mid twenties who learned that she had diabetes because she had a um, an abscess in her most delicate places, mm-hmm. actually between one of her most delicate places and the other most delicate place, there was an abscess and she ends up in the hospital for the abscess. The stories it, to me it was funny. Like, like, and it was interesting because she was yeah. da- dating a guy for not very long and they were only together like four months. And she had to basically say to him, like, I need you to like inspect my undercarriage and tell me what's going on and take a picture for me. Right. And yeah. it just, the whole thing was just, it was ridiculous. And, um, you know, moral of the story, she gets there, they give her a bunch of blood work, her blood, her, her blood sugars in the three hundreds and nobody at the hospital even mentions it to her. And right, right, and so, and she's got diabetes in the family, and she's kind of so focused on that her butt just exploded that she's trying not to, like, she's not even paying attention, and she tells yeah. the whole story. Now, here's the thing: when she tells, when she asks to come on the show, and you know this to be true, I didn't make her tell me what she was going to talk about on the show. I have no yeah. idea. I don't know what pump she uses. Does she have a CGM? I don't know her diagnosis story. I don't know what she's going to say. There was a woman on the other day who had some interesting religious beliefs that she just came out in the middle. And I was like, cool, this is what she thinks. This is what she's saying. So my point is, is that I didn't know that Katie was going to talk about her butt exploding. I had no idea what her story was. And so I put up this little poll and I said, how would you feel if tomorrow's episode was titled Butthole Adjacent? (laughs) Because I didn't. (laughs) Have you seen that one yet in the player? Um, no, I didn't listen to it, but I saw the post about it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I got 25% of respondents said, I don't care. And by the way, about 600 votes. So it's a a reasonable, like understanding of what people think. 11% of people said, please don't. And 63% of people said they didn't care. So in my mind, 63 plus 24 is the number of people in this poll who don't give a crap, you know, like yeah. 89% of people are like, it's fine. Use the word butthole, which was really what it was about. And everybody overwhelmingly has reported back about enjoying this story. And so, 
anyway, this message pops up under this this um, post, and a, and a woman who's not been in the podcast group for very long, maybe a m- couple of months, says this episode was such clickbait with that title, and I thought. I read that while you were talking. I was like, eh, this whole story is about something that happened right next to her butthole. This is not, this is absolutely like accurate. And I'm like, but okay. She says, here's the summary. Adult goes to ER for unrelated issue, gets blood work done, has higher blood sugar. We didn't need to know why she was in the ER or the lead up to it. Now this to me says that the talk about her intimate place has made, made her uncomfortable or whatever. I don't know. I can't be in this person's head. What I can tell them is if they made a podcast, it'd be very boring and nobody would like it. And so, but, but that sentence is not true. Like, like I think the thing, I think the story is about the story and whether I believe it or not, it's how the person wanted to tell the story. She goes on and says, um, you didn't need to, you didn't need, uh, or the lead up just that surprise she has diabetes too. And she was the first to notice but you never would have had her on if that was the story. You wanted sensationalism. And I thought, well, what, what, a, what an that interesting make sense. hot take. So I'm so in this person's mind, I'm assuming that that I get emails all the time and I wait for the one where the lady says I had an abscess next to my butt. Um and and I go, "Okay, well you can come on." First of all, that's not how I do it. And secondly, yeah. I I I I don't feel like I lean towards sensationalism. Actually, I, 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 I stay away from it, <laughs> but I was like, okay. So now my question is, do I respond to this person and say, hey, with due respect, you're making assumptions here you're not right about, or do I just I let would it ag- go? I would ignore them, but I, know you would. I don't know. I, I don't well, feel well, though. What should I do? I, I, I feel like Because I in my mind, if I respond, I won't be nice. <laughs> oh, I'll be <laughs> nice because I don't have a problem with her. I, I get that that's her hot take on it, but she's not right. So like She's I know not me. right, but I don't know. Some people don't also have a sense of humor, Scott. You should know that by now. I and I wonder if this might be part of the situation because I listen, Angela, people you go listen offended. to that episode. And if you don't think it's interesting and funny and bizarre, you let me know. But I got done and I went downstairs and my wife's like, Hey, what's going on? I was like, I just painted my Mona Lisa upstairs. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm never going to do better than the episode today. And she, she's like, why? I'm like, cause this girl told like this real honest story about what happened to her. And we stayed in it for a while, you know, 20 minutes in the beginning, something like that. I said, butthole a couple of times for fun. I think it was pretty much it. But I mean, and Angela, at one point, this girl, this poor girl in her mid twenties had to decide Am I going to show my four-month boyfriend this problem, right? And yeah. they, they decide to do it together. And, you know, as she's talking about it, I start having questions like, how do you do it? Did you bend over the counter? Did you, like, lay on your yeah, back? You had- like, like, you know, like, I need to know. And she <laughs> turns out she's like, I stayed on my side. I left my underwear on. I just kind of pulled it aside so he could see a little bit to get him to take a picture. Now, here's the thing. As she starts you describing- marry what, that guy. <laughs> That's what she said. And I said, I said, did he grab the cheek or did you? And she goes, he did. And then she pauses and said, and then it just opened up. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) So like, like, all I'm thinking about is this poor girl seems to like this guy. And this is the. Well, you know what? He sounds like a good guy. I haven't listened to their episode, but any guy that is willing to do that is She made that point. I made that point. I made a joke. I said, did you see him re-download his Tinder app on the drive to the hospital? And she said, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know. And um, 
And, and anyway, I thought it was a really delightful, honest, like story and everything. And this one person, which is fine. Everybody's Don't let not, them ruin your day. They're not going to ruin my day. Don't you worry. And I get that. I think stories are good. Like, like when, when I talk to people, especially patients, I like to know their them outside of their diagnosis. I think it better helps me treat them. Knowing yeah. that stuff, I agree. knowing their social history, knowing what they do for a living, because sometimes you realize, oh, well, their education might, you know, yeah. it's good to have outside context. Mm-hmm. So I think you just kind of you give people different stories that other people can relate to. They might be like, oh, something similar happened to me that or they it's good to have to feel like you're not alone in this world. I think it's great. I don't care that she doesn't like the episode. It's fine with me. I don't I I I don't vet people and say yes or the, the only people I say no to are authors because they just want to come on and talk about their books and it's painfully boring. I I don't like doing that. It's not this podcast is not Do they a, try do they try to come on a lot? It's a non stop deluge of people who want to come on and talk about their books what do they say hey i got a book can i talk Uh, (laughs) like or do they present themselves as somebody who's a listener and just happen to have a book no they usually they're usually out there trying to find places to uh, selling a book is really hard angel i had to do it once it's not easy and it's fine but i i've done it a couple of times they just it's uh, oddly the seen. only one I liked well I because I actually that's how I found your podcast because I read his book and I followed him so then people mentioned you was um sugar surfing Stephen Ponder okay. I liked his book yeah no I've never read it but I've had him on and I don't I also don't read so it's not up my alley <laughs> you don't read. yeah like I'm like I'm like uh books like you want to come on and talk about movies I'll do that with you I don't want to talk about books um it's it but it's usually like you know my kid was diagnosed I wrote a children's book about this or blah and they just they want to sell the book so badly that the conversation is boring and no one listens to it anyway and it's just a waste of everybody's time so I don't do authors as a matter of like you know course principle yeah yeah you know, and I'm not saying I'll never will but I, I well, don't I think because you've been really honest about like, you know, your sponsorships and stuff like that. And then if you just brought on a bunch of authors all the time, people would probably think that you're like changing the direction of your show. I, I just make a podcast that I think is interesting. So but anyway, I don't curate people's stories. I don't wait till somebody says something outlandish to have them on the show. And as a matter of fact, there's a ton of actual sensationalism in the diabetes community and I don't, <laughs> and I don't lean into any of it. You don't. And it's I nice. could, by the way, like, and it would, you know, you could say, you know, like, oh, I almost died and uh cookie saved my life and all that, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. And, and I could, you know, I could put that in a title. And to me, that would be hurtful. Like, I don't know. I put the word butthole in the title because this thing happened to her butthole. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and by the way, it was on her taint and I didn't say and that's I don't know if that's that's not a technical term I don't think but you oh Angela you're in the medical field does taint have a real is that peritoneum it's kind of like the peritoneum area I'm assuming if that's what she's alluding to. it's the but, distance between the yeah what I what I took from this was it was the from somewhere between the bottom of her vagina and where yeah. her butthole is, is yes. where she had the problem so is that the peritoneum yes okay you see how that wouldn't have been a fun title for the podcast episode <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I tried to make it fun. Um, and I also wanted people to know that the word butthole is going to come up in this episode. So if it's something you're not comfortable it's with. Not, it's not that, like, I don't find two, that offensive it's 2022. at all. Uh, Angela, you live, in, I, you live in Florida. I have Florida man stories. Yeah, so, you've you got know. neighbors who put meth on their cereal. You're not you're not thrown off by people's butts. <laughs> <laughs> are you right now one? Uh, are you picturing which neighbor I'm talking about, or are you thinking no, I don't? <laughs> no, I was thinking about maybe <laughs> not my na- not my particular <laughs> neighbors, but people that I I've known. I hear you. Yes, I do. Anyway, I am going to very politely respond back to this person and let them know that they're. I'm, but it's okay. I don't mind if they don't like the episode, but. They've made a couple assertions here that just aren't true, and uh, I, and I'll be clear with her. I know you're like, why me. would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> no. um, I, 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 yeah, because I would. Pro- you're you're nicer in your response probably than I would be, but I, that's how I actually feel. Like I don't have it in me anymore to be like, go to hell. Like I just don't like, and it doesn't. No, get, it doesn't not get you that way. Else, I know? think I would just get offensive. I don't know. I would no. get very. I don't write well when I'm angry, <laughs> so I usually have to give it 24 hours. So that's I'm, my general rule. I'm going to stop talking to you right now, and then yeah. we're going to say we're going to say goodbye privately, and uh, and then I'm going to answer her. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, Angela. You're welcome. A huge thank you to Angela for coming on the show and sharing her story. I'd also like to thank. Cozy Earth and remind you that at CozyEarth.com, you can get 35% off everything on the website by using the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. And of course, thank you to the Omnipod 5, Omnipod.com forward slash JUICEBOX. Use my link to get started or to learn more. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Always Free, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, 34,000 plus members in there right now answering questions and being supportive. It's a wonderful community. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.